You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Good morning and welcome to Cox Radio Houston's public affairs show, FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. Uh, With us today are uh, two people with a great organization called Rebuilding Together Houston. We have this morning Jim Soller, who is the executive director and CEO. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Susie. And Julie Mincer with Rebuilding Together Houston. And when I was talking to uh, our, our friend Joe, who was telling me about your organization, and he started talking about this group that does um, something similar to Habitat for Humanity, but in a different way. Um, instead of building new homes, you guys help repair homes. And instantly this light bulb went on in my head because you see these things all the time on the news where an, a, a senior woman is living in a home and her roof is caved in and she's a neighbor put a tarp over it, but that's all that she's got. And, and, and she just continues to live like that. And you look around, and there are so many homes in need of repair in Houston. And so this is something that you guys do. So I wanted to talk to you this morning. Thank you for coming in. Uh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. So so tell me about Rebuilding Together Houston. This is, I mean, I just basically kind of described something, but this is something you guys do for a lot of people. Yeah, let me start off. Uh, um, I'm a, about a 30-year veteran of this organization. Um, it started in 1982 here in Houston by a group of concerned business leaders uh, I came to Houston in 1985 with ExxonMobil, Exxon at the time, and got involved as a volunteer. And so saw this program in its infancy. And after I retired a few years ago, uh, the organization came calling. And, and so here I am as the executive director, chief executive officer. And we've helped. This organization has put over $100 million of value into the Houston community and have helped more than 11,000 families, and that probably equates to close to 20,000 people have been helped by this organization. We, we work in the what I would call the affordable housing space mm-hmm. here in Houston. But, but specifically, what do you do? We you repair homes mm-hmm. for low-income people, mm-hmm. uh, primarily elderly, not always, veterans, disabled, and we try to have people age gracefully in place. Most people want to stay in their homes, and uh, it's certainly much more economically viable for families if an older person can stay in their home. And uh, so that's what we do. We keep people in their homes, and we repair roofs and plumbing and electrical and foundations and holes in floors, and we also use large groups of volunteers to do the exterior work on homes. So we combine contractor work and volunteer work. And we get a lot of people. We get a lot of help to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people are thinking, well, if, my, if something is wrong with my house, I will get it or I'll, get, I'll go over to the Home Depot and grab some supplies and do it. Or my son-in-law will come over and help me out. Or maybe the neighbor will help you out. But a lot of people don't have those kind of resources, do they? No, they really don't, and um, you, you know, a lot of us who are uh, are fortunate enough to have those kind of resources, we don't realize how many people are out there that either don't have the family support, don't have the physical means, don't have the financial means, and so they're living in a home that they've they've bought. the The irony is these folks have been productive citizens 
all their lives for the most part, and now they're at a point where now they need some help. Uh, they own a home. It's the most valuable thing probably in the family that the family owns, but it's falling down around them, and they just don't know how to, they don't know how to maintain it. They have to make choices between food and medicine and clothing and family, and then, oh, by the way, there's the house, and that's always the last thing. So mm -hmm. it's called deferred maintenance, but by the time we get there, it's deferred beyond recognition often, and you sometimes wonder, can this house be saved? And usually we can do something. Yeah. Tell, um, the, uh, tell me about, you know, we, we, you mentioned you do roofs, electrical plumbing, things like that. Tell me about some of the worst-case scenarios that you've seen, houses that are – that, that, that you didn't think you might be able to save? Well, I guess I'm going to monopolize the conversation <laughs> for a minute because Julie's rather new to our organization over just a year or so. And because of my 30 years, I have seen all kinds of situations uh, where walls had to be completely rebuilt. Um, uh, uh, landscaping, stuff around the house was so overgrown you know, that you almost couldn't get in to the house. And wow. we had to go in and do some of that kind of work. Uh, a lot of times there are people that just can't even get out of their house because their their mobility is impaired and they have no really way of sometimes getting down the steps. And we have places where, you know, none of the windows will open. Uh, many of the windows are broken. Um, and plenty of places where when before the volunteers get there, you know, the blue tarps have been on the roof or no tarps have been on the roof. And um, so we're able to get contractors in to do some of the heavy lifting. Um, I don't know. You know, I've done so many stories. You know, when you get a little bit older, it's hard to, It's hard sometimes to pull out the very specific ones. Uh, and I, some of them will come to me as we keep talking. Though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, uh, uh, who are the people that you are helping? Because we're, you alluded to, you know, there's a lot of seniors, some veterans. Um, I... I uh, I think about I have a little sister in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, and when and she lives with her great grandmother, and and her great grandmother's house was in bad bad shape, and and she I talked to her one day and she told me that they hadn't had any heat for a month in the house because of the gas line that was going in, and 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 nobody there was nobody who was fixing it, and they were just kind of living like that. Do you have a lot of families? People, you know, it's not just a, a an older single person who doesn't have anybody left. You've got families in there, don't you? Absolutely. This is that's one of the I think for me one of the most shocking things that I saw going into the house. It wasn't just an older woman or an older man. It was her son, and then the grandchildren, and then the great grandchildren. I was just at a house uh, where she had ten kids, and so she has about forty grandchildren and great grandchildren, and she sees them every day. And they come to her house for meals. They come. It's really the anchor of the family. And so it absolutely, it not only assists that person in that house who lives there, but there can be multiple generations in that house. Um, Great-grandparents taking care of the littlest ones while people are at work. It really affects entire families when we do our work. Yeah. This is kind of a real indication of, um, of, of I guess, the financial situation with a lot of a lot of people that that are, are desperately in need of help for no you know fault of their own that that this it's kind of uh, going on is that right yeah uh, interestingly enough you know i think we've all we've all grown up with the baby boom generation we're either a part of it or we we understand about it 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 was the largest demographic bubble ever to move through you know american history uh, all these all these babies born right after world war 2 well in in 2016 
the leading edge of that demographic bubble is turning 70. And over the next 20 to 30 years, that bubble is going to be aging out and it's living longer than previous generations. And I saw a statistic, I don't have exactly the amount of money, but it, the statistic was shocking as to how little, the, on average, the baby boom generation has saved for retirement. And it's something in the neighborhood of fifty to $60,000. And if you imagine that you're going to try to retire at 65 or 70 or, or you're impaired, you can no longer work, and you're going to be living on Social Security and $60,000. Well, Social Security may get you your food and clothing and maybe can keep your car going. But if when you're it, lucky. If yeah. you're lucky. But when it comes time to maintaining that house that by this point you've paid for, uh, you're living in it, but now maintaining it. And so – the need is so significant, and it's going to be growing. And that's why in Rebuilding Together, we've adopted a Vision 700. And, and that, re that equates to the fact that we're helping today, on average, 360 families every year, almost one a day. Basically, one every calendar day, somebody's getting helped. Well, we know that the need is going to be significantly greater, and we've adopted this Vision 700 to help 700 families by the end of this decade. And so we're embarked on a pretty ambitious growth campaign, and uh, but the growth is all driven by the need. I, I, I read somewhere in researching for today, it's the senior tsunami. Mm -hmm. You have yes, this, yes, this the wave senior, of people. The senior tsunami is one of the, one of the terms used by demographers. And in, in reality, we have a lot of more people living longer right now. Um, we have people going into their 90s. I have a 93-year-old grandmother um, that that's that's higher than it has been in the past. So people right now, there's a huge need right now. Yeah, and and as you said, Jim, that the the, the home is paid for. They mm -hmm. they bought they, they bought the home. They worked hard their whole life. They paid for it, and they're then and and then how do you go get a loan to repair it if something happens when you're older and you don't have an and income? It, and interestingly it? enough, when the older person dies, this typically is our client mm -hmm. is an older person with multiple family ties and people in the house, but Ultimately, when that older person does die, someone else in that family is going to inherit that house and is going to need that house. And if, we, if we're not there to maintain a piece of affordable housing for the Houston community and we let, that, we let affordable housing erode, where is the service economy people going to live? You know, it, I mean, it's a huge part of what makes Houston an attractive place to live is that we have a a reasonable standard of living, and largely a lot of it is based on the fact that we have service workers, uh, and some of those service workers can live close enough in uh, with some of these houses to be able to serve and, and have decent jobs. And if we let that, if we let those houses erode, where are this, where are these folks going to live? I went over to New Orleans uh, and worked as a volunteer, you know, when, after Katrina, and Katrina. Interestingly enough, like always happens, it wiped out all the areas where the low-cost low cost housing, uh, low-income uh, individuals lived. And when New Orleans was trying to come back, one of their biggest issues was they didn't have any workers. They wanted to bring the tourist industry back to New Orleans, and, and they didn't have any workers because there was no place to live. And so we don't want that to happen to Houston. We want to make sure that we've got good, affordable housing uh, and maintain that for families. Yeah. We are talking this morning with Jim Soller and Julie Mincer, who are with Rebuilding Together Houston, which is an organization that uh, helps to repair homes 
for people living in the Houston area. You, you've, you've got this vision. You've got this campaign, the the seven hundred, um, the uh, Vision seven hundred campaign. But you have a very long history here in in Houston. This is not something that's just happened. This is uh, something that's been around for a while. So tell me about that. Well, it started in 1982 by really a, a, a well-known family here in Houston, the Mossbacker family. The son, Rob Mossbacker Jr., had some political ties in Washington. His father was Secretary of Commerce during the Ronald Reagan administration. And he had been doing some things in politics. But when he came back to Houston in the family oil business, he felt that there was a need for the private sector to help more and to do more. And he started an organization called Private Sector Initiatives. And that brought a lot of the top business leaders in Houston at the time together. And they brought their corporate, uh, corporate financial strength. And they brought their employees. And they began doing different things. But they quickly settled on this rebuilding concept, um, which actually started in Midland, Texas, somewhere back in the 70s. Uh, a gentleman had this idea, and he called it Christmas in April. And uh, Rob actually went to, heard about this, flew out to Midland, met the, met the man, saw what they were doing, and said, this is what we need to be doing in Houston. And that's how what became Rebuilding Together was born. And in the early days, uh, and I was part of that some of those early days because I came to Houston in 85, and we'd go out as volunteers, and we would work on houses, and we'd do a lot of great work. But we'd look at the roof, and we'd say, gee, that roof is in bad shape. You know, we, how are we going to work on that? Well, in uh, somewhere in the 90s, late 90s, uh, Rebuilding Together was able to get some money to start putting together contractor work to be able to do not just the volunteer side of things, but the heavy lifting that has to be done to code. So it was private sector initiative, and here's where the tide of the Super Bowl comes in. There was private sector initiative up till 2004 when um, the Rebuilding Together National Organization in Washington, D.C. had a relationship through the Tagliabue family of the NFL, uh, and there was a project, a sanctioned event done every year when there was a Super Bowl in a city. And they'd go to the Rebuilding Together affiliate in that city, and there would be a, an opportunity to do a great event. And they came to Houston. There was no Rebuilding Together, but there was this private sector initiative. And that's when the organization changed names, became affiliated with this national movement. And uh, now we are the largest affiliate in the in the national network of about 150 affiliates. And here comes Super Bowl again, and we're looking forward to another big event. Yeah, it's the uh, Super Impact 17. Yeah, let me let Julie to tell you about that one. She's been immersed in Super Impact yeah. 17 and can tell you a lot about that. Yes, Super Impact 17 is an initiative that we took on that was kicked off in September of last year, of, of 15. And it's going to be 17 months before the Super Bowl. Uh, we are going to work on repairing 500 homes in Houston in these 17 months. And so that's our road to the Super Bowl. Rebuilding Together is really trying to make a concerted effort to help as many people as we can in this time period. And then right before the, the Super Bowl in Houston, which is 2017, so that's kind of where the name came from, mm -hmm. uh, February of 2017, we're going to have a big event. Uh, we're going to focus on community revitalization of a specific neighborhood. And so not just going and helping um, individuals, indiv 
elderly individuals in sort of in and around Houston. We're actually going to find a neighborhood and help that one place, and we're going to get a bunch of community members, a bunch of our supporters out, and we're going to make a really big difference. You know what what uh, what I'm thinking is that a lot of times when a Super Bowl or a big event like that goes into a community, there are jobs that happen kind of all around and it brings a lot of money in and then it leaves and then you're left with, well, what happened? You know, they're gone and now we have to just keep on continuing on. And this will be a lasting legacy from Super Bowl 17 in this neighborhood. Where is it? Absolutely. We're focused right now on Independence Heights. Uh, we have a lot of partnership there. Um, it's the first incorporated African-American city in Texas. Um, it started around 1905, and um, African-Americans were able to buy homes starting in 1910. And so it's a really important part of the history of not just Houston, but of Texas and of African-American history here locally and, and nationally, I think. So for us, this is a neighborhood. We're going to focus on a few blocks of homes that, that need repair and need help and need some not just repair, but give the folks some hope and, and, and redo their homes and make them feel good about themselves and their homes again. Uh, but then we're also going to hopefully focus on some of the local areas that could use some uplift. So we're going to potentially make a welcome center. Um, and I say potentially here because we are in our fundraising part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, we, this just comes with a lot of need for you know money, but uh, we're looking on making a welcome center so that people can realize that this really important city, this mini city that was reincorporated into the city of Houston, and it's just north of the Heights, actually, just north of 610 and uh, right off of Maine. Uh, it's a really wonderful, a really wonderful area that has families that can almost trace their roots all the way back to the early 1900s. So uh, we're going to have a, a welcome center. We're going to work on a food pantry, creating uh, emergency food for either storms or other situations. And we're really going to try to bring uh, nature back into the space and, and bring some native species and encourage butterflies and bees and, you know, the nature that people deserve and enjoy and can really help them take ownership of their neighborhoods. Yeah. So. Pump some life back yeah, into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes a big difference. We are talking with Rebuilding Together Houston. Jim Soller and Julie Mincer are here and talking about the Super Impact 17. And we are talking about money. We're talking about funding and talking about um, volunteers and also talking about contractors. So let's talk about how you guys do your business. How, first of all, your funding, where does it come from? Well, I can take that on. We, <clears throat> we basically have two pots of money. Uh, one pot comes from government or quasi government grants that we're able to use somewhere between 85 to 90% of it, whatever we're able to raise. Uh, HUD, uh, City of Houston, State of Texas. Uh, Harris County, uh, wherever we're able to get some of these grants, we immediately take that money and go do the contractor work on the critical, what we call our, the critical systems repair to these homes. And I mentioned before electrical and plumbing and foundation work and, and of course, roofs. Roofs are a major deal. Without a roof, uh, you're going nowhere. So we that's one pot of money. For us, that probably averages one and a half to two million dollars a year. Uh, and um, then we have to raise the money to support the staff and the organization that it takes to do all these things. Uh, when I talked about doing or helping 360 families a year our, at our current level, uh, that takes over 600 individual projects. A roof would be a project or electrical is a project or putting volunteers is a project. And other volunteers might go into a wheelchair ramp. And so we have five different programs and to help 360 families last year, 
uh, we did 610 programs. And to do that and to manage volunteers and to do the fundraising and make the whole thing go, we have to raise another pot of money just to make sure we've got the staff and the organization and the warehouse and the building materials that we give to volunteers. And so that's a development act, I mean, a standard not-for-profit development activity where we've got to raise one to one and a half million dollars to just to cover all of the things it takes to deploy this. So we're in the construction business. It's complicated. Uh, it takes a lot of planning, a lot of execution. We're in the volunteer business. We get sometimes we have 5,000 volunteer uh, components to our annual program. And so you think, ah, great, it's, you got volunteers, but you know it takes management to make sure the volunteers are deployed properly. They get a fun fun and a worthwhile experience. They come away thinking they did some real meaningful work. So those two pots of money are we're constantly working on that, and we have good support from the corporate uh, the corporate segment of our community based on our, kind of the way the organization was founded. But there are family foundations here in Houston and individual gifts. So. But we're like any not-for-profit. <laughs> it's a constant money-raising and telling-your-story business. So we're glad to have the chance to talk to you, frankly. Yeah. Well, a lot of people listening are thinking, well, how do I get involved with that? Is there something coming up that you have that's uh, going to be th something in May? It's we're Actually, it's April 23rd April and 30th. 20th. And actually, we have some homes this weekend, and we have some homes in May. But in the next three weeks or so, we have 103 crews. So teams of people going out to help houses all over the Houston area. And so um, there's this, we're going to get a lot of people helped in the next three weeks. Um, and, and we're really excited. And our crew structure is really wonderful. So you come to us and you offer to sort of manage your own team and, and recruit your own volunteers. So often it's from organizations, it's from companies, it's from schools. We have a student's program associated with, with this, this repair program. So you come, you bring your volunteers, we give you a home, our homeowner, and all the things that need to be done. And we give you resources to help you learn how to maybe frame a window if you've never done that before. Uh, but it's really self-managed volunteers uh, who come out and then we're able to touch, you know, get out there and meet the volunteers. But we're only a small staff. We're about 10 people. So getting to 100 houses in over three weeks is, can be difficult. Yeah. But but we we're excited. We love to meet the volunteers. It's the people who are willing to give up their time a weekend or, you know, one or two days to, to change yeah, someone's if, life. If you're an individual listening to this and you say, how do I how, how can I? Oh, I'd like to do mm -hmm. this. I, I like working with my hands. I like helping people. You know, I'd like to get involved. Um, we do have places for individuals. I mean, if you get on our website or you call us and say you want to help, we will match you up. Mm -hmm. We will assign you to one of the existing crews. But the real strength of our organization is when organizations come and approach us from a corporate standpoint or a civic standpoint, as mm -hmm. Julie said, is like school. Uh, we work with the Pasadena Independent School District every year, and they have some of their kids uh, in their technical school come out and actually do what contractors would do. They have instructors. They're learning how to do contractor work learning how to do construction work and they do some of the construction and then at the end uh, near the end of senior year they have this program called seniors helping seniors and all the kids all the kids who are seniors from their six high schools uh, kind of vie for they have to have good grades they have to meet certain criteria and if they do they get rewarded by coming out 
and they'll paint 15 homes on that on that paint day. So there are places for individuals to get involved, mm -hmm. uh, but as I say, the real strength is if you think you're interested in this, think about who, what organizations you belong to, what group of friends do you have, do you think you could marshal a group and then approach us as a group and we could assign you to your own project and your own you know, your own team. And mm -hmm. actually something that has been happening recently is that families have decided to do this as sort of a reunion um, or sort of a family get-together, uh, coming together and doing something and not just, you know, eating a lot and watching sports like my family <laughs> tends to do, <laughs> but um, coming together and, and making a difference in someone's life. So uh, that's been really exciting, and I think that's really a wonderful way to spend time with your family and potentially learn something new. Yeah, yeah we have... Um, because we're going to be doing this big program with the Super Bowl in early February of mm -hmm. 2017, our 17-month campaign has been put together to do a number of things, and one of which, one of which is to help 500 people over the course of these 17 months. Mm -hmm. And we're well on our way. You know, we're, I think we're about seven months into our campaign, eight months into our 17-month campaign, so we're almost at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. And we're already at 250 homes, 250 families helped. So we're, we're right on pace to do this 500, um, 500 homes. Um, but we're also raising $600,000 in the course of this campaign. And we're doing that by offering something that's unusual for us. We're actually offering sponsored homes. We're inviting corporations, churches, other groups to, to come and support one, a specific home on whatever day they want to do it at a level of between seventeen and twenty-five thousand dollars. And through that, through the course of that and with some events that are going along in this seventeen month campaign, we're raising uh six hundred thousand dollars. And that's gonna go primarily into strengthening our organization and building the platform we need to start working toward that seven hundred vision. So we're mm -hmm. taking advantage of Super Bowl we're taking advantage of the opportunity that it presents to do something to strengthen the organization to continue our drive to this 700. And what, what made me jump into that is when Julie talked about families, one of the, um, one of the sponsors, and I'm going to go right ahead and, and single them out, uh, many people out there will have heard of Tellepson Construction Company, a large Houston-based family company with uh, Howard Tellepson as the, as the head of that company with four sons involved. And he said he wanted to support us, but he didn't want it to be his construction company. It was going to be his family. And he wanted the Tellepson family and its multi-generations. And so we're working with them to find a day when he can coordinate uh, getting not only him and his sons, mm -hmm. but his grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And how do you marshal all those people to come out and work? So uh, the family, getting families involved. And another part of getting families involved is many of these people who work on crews bring their young people. When I was doing it as a volunteer, I brought my junior high and high school age children, and they got a chance to see parts of Houston, learn about Houston in ways they never would have known, you know, growing up in the, you know, growing up in the suburbs. So there's a real chance for, um, for young people to s understand what service is about understand the need that you know they think we live in a great city and, and this is a great city um, but that doesn't mean there's not need and there's not places where people could use a helping hand and when our young people get a chance to see that I think it makes them better citizens yeah 
We are talking with Jim Soller and Julie Mincer with Rebuilding Together Houston. We've been talking about the Super Impact 17 and your upcoming big spring rebuild and the uh, 700 uh, uh, Vision 700 campaign that you've got going on um, and about all the people that are involved and the ways to get involved. But really quickly, we just have about a minute left. Tell me about the people. How do you get in line to get the help? How do you find the people? You know, so far it's been word of mouth. Uh, once some one home on a block gets gets helped, then oh, that I spreads. Mean, doesn't neighbors it? come on build days. They come and they say, "How can I get m- this home for my grandmother? How can I get help?" And so, uh, we haven't ever needed to do a ton of advertising for homeowners. There's so much need. Uh, we do have an application process. There are some criteria. You have to own your home. You have to. Um, be up on taxes, those kinds of things. But there is an application process, but there is currently a waiting list. And so uh, we can get some volunteers to your home potentially and do some of the ex- out exterior work. But that that construction, that critical construction work does does come with dollar signs. You know, a new roof is not cheap. Yeah. And so. And I imagine that you get a lot of people who say, hey, I know somebody who needs some help. How do we get you guys out there? You get a lot of people who are not, not asking for themselves, but asking for somebody they know. Absolutely. When our crews are working, and they will be, 100 crews will mm. be out there, they'll be handing out business cards that has our information on it. And for the for folks listening, uh, tons of information on our website, which is rebuildinghouston.org. Simple as that, rebuildinghouston.org. And our phone number is 713-659-2511. So if anybody out there has any questions, um that's the place to go, either yeah. the website or the phone. So rebuildinghouston.org or 713-659-2511. And do I have time to close with one quick story? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, but thank yeah. you so much for being here. We've been talking with Julie Mincer and Jim Soller, uh, the executive director and CEO of Rebuilding Together Houston. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. My name is Susie Hanks, and you have been listening to FYI. <laughs> You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.